Verocious reading is a must if you want to become a good writer, says Stephen King, one of the most successful writers of all time, whose books have been translated into about 30 movies and who still continues to work today. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the second episode in this series on the pursuit of excellence, where I want to introduce you to a feature which I've found is present in almost everyone I've come across, amongst the thousands and thousands of people who I've worked with, who I really would put into the category of someone who is pursuing excellence, as I would Stephen King, which is why I wanted to introduce that quote, which I will explain more about as we go on. Because this feature may not be something that you would necessarily be expecting as you listen into this podcast and find out more about the pursuit of excellence. It took me actually some years to really put my finger on what it was that differentiated these people, these extraordinarily excellent people from most of us. And the feature is that they have this deeply curious search for what is excellence in that world, in the outside world, not in their narrow world where they're operating every day, but in the outside world. And that's what Stephen King means when he says that he's obsessed with reading other people's work. Because he's saying, how can I understand what excellence is unless I'm reading voraciously what everyone else is reading so that eventually I start to one, see the absolute best, but also see where actually somebody got something published and I reckon I could have done better than that. So comparing yourself, going out there, looking for what you want, looking for what's important in the field that you're interested in does require a real external orientation. Now, what I've found is that most people live their lives, both at work and actually often the whole of their life, within quite a narrow perspective. And if you operate in a large organisation, you can spend a lot of time, your whole life really, just being caught up with what's going on inside that organisation. And yet, really, how can you pursue excellence? How can you know even what excellence is without truly looking outside and seeing a whole other dimension, which can, you can then drive your achievement and point yourself in that direction? So let's start today in a very practical way to talk about what do I mean by external orientation? What does it look like and how can you use it? Now, I've found a lot of organizations I have something to do with and their leaders will talk about external orientation as a part of being customer centric. And of course, it is an important part of being customer centric. 
And of course, keeping customers happy is both a motive and a benefit of external orientation. But here I'm actually talking about something more than that. So let me tell you a story about somebody I work with. Sarah was a part of one of these very large organizations where the demands just consumed her and every day seemed incredibly filled. And one day during a coaching conversation, I asked her whether she'd been to any good HR conferences recently. And she said, oh, yes. Um, yeah, we all went and met up in Singapore recently, earlier this year. So I said, oh, that sounds really interesting. Are you part of an international peer group or something? And she looked at me kind of blankly and she said, oh, no, no, no. It was with my colleagues from all the other parts, the other regions of our organization. And so I said, well, no, I think you misunderstood me. What I meant is, have you been to any of those great HR conferences like ASTD in the US or you know, the company directors one in the UK or anything like that? You know, where there'll be hundreds of attendees and speakers and vendors and you get to find out, you know, what's the latest thing in, in the OD space, which, is, which was her area of speciality. Now, I tell this story, of course, in 1920, and, and as I'm telling it, I've got this pang of memory of how much we all enjoyed going to those events and wonder whether we'll ever go to one of those again, but that's an aside. Um, so back to the story, what I realized was here was a woman who was the global head of OD in a company that was seeking to become better than all of its competitors, and she really did have no idea what was out there you know, what other organizations were doing and therefore what excellence was in her field. Now, they'd come across our consulting firm and I think we were giving them some pretty good advice on helping them to set up and change their culture. But to some extent, there was some luck in that. We'd been recommended by one of their new hires who we'd worked with before and you know, I think we're pretty good. I, I like to think we are excellent. But Sarah had no real way of knowing because she wasn't connected into the wider world in any broader sense. So when she sets her own standards of what she aspires to create for her organization, she does it with a limited idea of what excellence really looks like. So she's by no means unique. And I've met many, many people like that. And I'm sure that as I'm talking to you about this, you will either go, oh, yeah, that's probably a bit of me, or that you will certainly know people who fit that category. So the word pursuit in the pursuit of excellence really does matter. Because I think pursuit relates to our own determination to become the best. But it also, I think, describes the quest that we go on to find out what is best out there in the world, which will make us lift our eyes up high enough and stretch towards true excellence in our fields. Of course, the other powerful benefit of this is that there will be someone somewhere out there who has mastered doing some things that if you brought them into your organization, you could use it to transform. 
And this, you know, might be in the form of bringing in talent with experience, capability that shifts the mindset of your whole team. I've certainly seen that a really good hire can transform a team. Or it might be, you know, that you bring in a process or a technology or an idea, but something often that comes from a different industry and then you apply it to yours. So if you really cultivate that type of curiosity, you will find ways to apply something that you see out there for the pursuit of excellence inside your organization. I mean, for example, I took what I learned about not tolerating poor behavior in organizations that I work with who had really strong safety cultures. Because those organizations, safety was actually one of the first areas where there was excellence occurring in culture leadership. And I learned about how people in those organizations would say, we never walk past an unsafe practice and really was able to take that and think about what that meant in other organizations with different culture goals. And as a result, improved the work that I was doing. So this external orientation that is required for the pursuit of excellence combines three things. The first is simply to get out there, to be externally orientated, to broaden your world. The second is this intense curiosity to find out who actually is the best in the field that you're interested in becoming excellence is. Where does excellence sit? And the third is this ability to join the dots, which is to see things in one domain and recognize that they could be used in your domain to contribute to excellence in a way that other people who are much more internally focused just wouldn't see, whether they're in competitors or whether they're internal colleagues of yours. Okay, so let's get practical. What can you do? First step, I think, is to be clear that the pursuit of excellence is something that you want to adopt as your legacy, as a true goal. And we covered that in the last episode of the podcast. Then I think you can do an inventory of your external orientation. So look at your calendar is a good way of doing that. And then supplement that with what you know you're doing in your spare time, like reading or watching good things and so on and so on. Let me go back to Stephen King again, uh, such a hero of mine. I saw something recently where he said that he believes that if he is practicing the art of writing, then he must immerse himself in it completely. And that includes immersing himself in becoming a prolific reader of other people. And what was interesting was at a writer's workshop, I heard him speaking for aspiring writers and someone said, oh, you know, I never, I just don't have time to be a voracious reader. And he said, look, if you don't have time to be a voracious reader, you will definitely not have time to become an excellent writer because one leads to the other. So how much are you prioritizing activities that really feed that external orientation and provide you with that new external perspectives. And you've got to be pretty ruthless, I think, with your evaluation, not allow yourself to go below the line, as I call it, and give yourself excuses or justifications. Because if you're really going to pursue excellence, you've got to give it time and that you have to give time to that external orientation and that curiosity. The second step then is to work out with whom to spend that time. So my 
basic starting point on that is to consider who in the world is the best at what I do. In your field or your team's field, what would that look like? You know, in simplest terms, how do you surround yourself by people who are better than you? And you might divide yourself into compartments for that thinking, because for me, for example, who is a better facilitator than me will be different from who would be a better business owner than me, who has built the best business, who has the best podcasts, who runs the best workshops, who's the best keynote person. Those are the people I need to be around. And if I'm in a position to hire people, then I can bring those people in and learn from them inside. Otherwise, I have to go and meet them wherever they hang out, online or live, once we all get back to traveling. And then the third step is to join the dots. And this is kind of the hardest one to describe, but it is about looking for the patterns between their world and what they've mastered and yours, and asking what can you use and adapt and get your team involved in this, because it's best not to do this alone, I've found, but be curious together, join the dots together and get that external orientation activated in a way together. And suddenly the parameters for your pursuit of excellence just got a whole lot wider. And the possibility that you might really pursue excellence way beyond anything you'd imagined before is right there before you. So go well with those thoughts and those exercises and we'll come back in the next episode and do some more on what it takes to pursue excellence. Thank you.